Welcome, you're listening to the Social Care Podcast with Audrey and David, aka Baggy. Welcome to our podcast. We hope to give insight into what it means to be a social care worker and chat with people doing interesting things in the social care world. Welcome back to the Social Care Podcast with myself, David Bagnall and Audrey Moore. This is our second edition and for this week we decided to start off with something that's in the news lately which may be of interest to people in the social care which is about the Dublin Business School and the issue that has arisen about their ability to register with Coru and how this affects the current students who are into their course and students who have registered. Have you heard about this? Uh, I have. I've been keeping an eye on the news and the boards on Facebook and various social media because there's a lot of people very upset about it. So before we get into what we think, can we just give a rundown of what the facts are around this, Baggy? Okay, well, as far as I am aware from looking into it, the DBS set up their social care course, Level 7, Level 8, Honours degree, and they were not qualified to register for Coru at the time. But the students who registered with them were told that it would be a course that they would be able to register with Coru. And from what I've seen by looking into it, the company who run DBS were aware in May that they would not be registered for the Coru certification. And they had not told the students until August. That's so, right. Yeah. So, that's that's pretty much what, what I gathered as well. Yeah. Now this course it's QQI certified up to level eight. It's a four-year course and they started in 2018. I believe there's approximately 80 students affected by this. Is that right? It's around about that number, yeah. And the problem I find with this myself from reading into it is if I had been a student, is, is this thing around the date? And people applying for their course after doing their leaving cert and their points and looking for something that suited them. And then to find out maybe you're looking for digs, you might be looking for work and figuring out ways to pay for your course. And then to find out just before you're due to start your course or start back on your course that as a lot of the students who were interviewed by the press have said, it's they see it as a useless piece of paper. This is their terminology, not mine. Mm. And I suppose the people who are going in from leave insert, you know, they're like they have the option to make different choices. I don't know if the CAO offers have even gone out yet, but the people who have completed first year, completed second year and completed third year now, who, as far as they were aware, were going to be able to register with the registration board with Carew as soon as it opens. So it's them that I feel for really. And and there's been a lot of upset amongst that group, that cohort of people and their parents as well. And rightly so. Well, there have been a lot of inquiries by, from what I've heard from students and other colleges of students wanting to try and transfer from DBS, but because none of the course is recognized as something that could register for Coru, they're not even being given advanced entry into another course. And also the other courses are full because it's a it's a very popular course uh, mm. lately. And when you're applying, like say for the, the CAO, you pick your fourth, second and third choices. And if DBS is at the top of yours and you got it, I'd say there's people who would be planning on accepting it. And it, it might be the only course that suits some people. Mm. 
And I think those days of advanced entry are long gone at this stage. Um, I know that's the route that I went into social care back in 2006. Um, I got advanced entry because I had a similar degree in another area. But there just seems to be no option for these students in terms of advanced entry or any entry or any transfer into other social care courses. Well, there were some of the students that they made. I, I was talking to two over the last couple of days and said they were aware of people who had made inquiries into other courses to see if they could transfer over. But the fact is that they would be a lot of credits down. I think one of them in the media said they would be 10 credits down mm. for getting into any course. And the, the other side of it is for these students as well is the funding. They go with what they have now or what they will finish with. They'll only be able to work as social care assistants. And some are already working as social care assistants at the moment to fund them down their course. So, but, but is that the case, though? Well, I'm only going by what I've heard in discussion. I don't have factual conversations with people who are on the course. So aware. I suppose this this is one of the big problems that I found when I did my research a couple of years ago. I did I did some research into the perceptions of social care supervisors and managers of pending registration. And one of the big things that became evident when I was doing that research was that there's a lot of confusion and misinformation out there around registration. You've done a lot of work on this yourself. Uh, yeah. So would you be able to fill us in a bit on how that would work? Yeah, well, I suppose I, I, I'm not an expert. Don't claim to be an expert. But there's certain things that are out there in the media and there was certain stuff that came up when I was doing my research that just aren't true. And I think a lot of people are kind of hanging on these things and they're taking them as true when really maybe it's somebody's opinion or maybe it's what somebody thinks is going to happen. For example, some of the things that came up when I was doing my research was that some people thought they had to be working as a social care worker to register. But that's not the case. Like you don't have to be working under the title of social care worker to register when the registration opens in November 2023. So, for example, people who are working as project workers, people who are working as, um, I mean, the issue of title is huge. And Social Care Ireland did a study of a number of years ago that showed that there was more than 80 different titles that social care workers are working under, which is massive, 80 different titles. And all of those, once they have a social care degree or something similar, will be eligible to register under grandparenting. OK, as long as they have two years experience working in the area in the five years before the register opens. OK, another thing that came up was some thought that they couldn't register if they're now a supervisor or manager. Sure, that's not the case. And others thought that their unqualified co-workers would lose their jobs, which is also false. So, again, under grandparenting, people will get in that way. And I found that grandparenting was the big issue that people were really really confused about have you heard of grandparenting do you know what that is baggy i i have heard of it i've been to some of the talks from Coru that we're doing in the ashton hotel but i think it's the the language uh, when you get separated from doing the academic work sometimes the language that people use when they're launching papers or information dates tends to be academic and instead mm. of saying say like you're explaining there now that it's if you work two years in the previous five years that you're able to qualify but does that mean then that you still need 
a degree from a specific organization or college then um, you have to have the social care degree good question okay so there's loads of us now working under degrees that are not approved because let's say for example before Carew came in at all and before they started kind of laying down the law for colleges we all did degrees and we, you know every college was doing the best that they could but they were all quite different yeah like if you did if you did your degree in DIT and you did your degree in say Carlo or in the open training college like you're getting quite a different degree from each of those especially 10 or 20 years ago Whereas now with Carew, they're trying to kind of standardize it, making sure that there's minimum education standards. And I suppose that's really good. So all of us from that previous cohort are now going to have to go in under the grandparenting. However, in the legislation, and I don't want to get too technical here, but in the legislation that's brought about Carew, they have what we call Schedule 3. So under the Health and Social Care Professionals Act 2005, they've listed a number of qualifications under Schedule 3. And it means that if you've one of the qualifications, you can apply to register with Carew during the two year period after the register opens. So that's the grandparenting uh, period. And then once the transitional period is over, only qualifications approved by the registration board will be considered. So for social care workers, and this is on the Carew website, anyone can look it up. They have qualifications such as National Diploma in Child Care awarded by the Higher Education and Training Awards Council or DIT, the Diploma in Applied Social Studies slash Social Care from the Dublin uh, DIT again, the Open Training College National Diploma in Applied Social Studies. There's a num number of other ones there. So when the register opens, they're going to have what we call bylaws. OK, so the social care workers registration board are going to publish bylaws and in that they will have a list of all the approved qualifications that will get people registered. If we don't have them or if we don't have one on this list, what to do is you have to grandparent in, which means that the registration board will decide based on your qualification, based on your experience, based on your standards of practice and your competence. So they will make a decision as to whether you, you get in or not. And I imagine that that door will be quite wide open, that an awful lot of people, especially people who've been working in social care for many years, are going to get registered. Because what are they going to do if they have a very restrictive entry? Like people won't get registered yeah. <laughs> that there'd be nobody to care for the vulnerable people that we look after and it just doesn't make sense so uh, so uh, this door is going to be wide open so to answer your question no you won't necessarily have to have a degree and you won't necessarily have to have a degree in social care and i think the thing is that coru do want people to register that's like backing up what you're saying um, absolutely like i don't know if you heard at the Social Care Ireland conference, Dunya Hutchinson got up and she said that anybody who registers before February 2024 can register for free and will get free registration for the following two years. They're really making it very, very accessible. They're making it, you know, that the people are going to want to register. And there's a lot of stuff out there on Facebook, I see, and, and other social media sites where people are like, it's never going to happen. Yeah, I'll never register. You know, there's a lot of negativity around it. And I, I can't blame people because we've been hearing about this since 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. When I when I started in as 
associate care worker. Straight away, I was told that we were going to be registering. And that's 24, 25 years ago. And I know they, I know they were talking about it before I went in. So people have been getting themselves ready with this in mind. Yeah. Trying to get their documents ready and try to get set up because they, they want to do it properly. There's a genuine feeling, I believe, that people want to do it properly because being registered and having the backup of Carew, like doctors and therapists and dentists and whatever have, you know, you, you feel a certain footing and it improves the pride that you have in the job that you do. You spend a long time in college going out doing placements, picking up information learning from people who've been doing it a long time but adding your own bit to it too and developing your own style and you want the proper recognition for doing that work recognition exactly yeah. i think that's the word we're finally getting recognition the same as all the other professionals that we work alongside every day and i think that's one of the best things for social care workers that's why they they're kind of well some people are welcoming it and some people are not but i think the recognition will be good but I got a genuine feeling when I went to the information days that the people who were setting up our branch of the Corew, the people who would be checking what we're doing and who are going out to the colleges. Yeah, that's the they, Social Care Workers Registration Board. Yeah, and I think that they were doing it from a good point and that they had all come from the background and they'd done the floor work and they'd worked their way up and they have a, a genuine belief that it's a good thing. But that's why I think that going back to this, where we started with the DBS, it's not a bad thing that it happened because you don't want organizations or courses or content getting through that doesn't match up to what everybody else is doing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, I'm not saying it's a good thing to happen, but maybe when it's happened, it's better that it's happening now than in this time, 2023, when people are rightly stuck. It gives people like Simon Harris, the people who run DBS, the QQI, and whoever Simon Harris might be able to get involved in it to come together and work for a resolution for the students that are stuck in the middle of this at the moment. I agree, yeah. And even though it kind of only affects a small number of people, but for those people, it's going to have a huge impact on their lives and a huge impact on their careers. Well, hopefully not, but, you know, the impact is huge. And I don't know if you noticed, but um, there was Simon Harris had some Facebook post up about something he was doing down the country. And he had hundreds of messages of support for the social care students and DBS. And I think that's probably what spurred him on to, to act on this, which is great. If only we could advocate for ourselves more often like this, yeah. it would be great. Well, in fairness, my wife now works in Youthreach and Youthreach has been a very placed in the background of second chance education. And she has noticed since he came in that he has been advocating for them to be seen properly in the, the education system. And I think for him to pick up on this so quick, even if it was following people getting in touch with him, mm. it, it, it shows that like he is in touch and as you say about his Facebook, he's he's on social media constantly and he I think he uses it well and I think he comes across well. And I I hope he gets some backing from the people around him to get these students. And a lot of them are very young people and they're coming into a business that's based on trust. Mm. And it'd be, it'd be nice to know that those who are providing the education and the support for them from the start will actually live up to what they 
should have delivered in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah, so, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you have the minimum educational standards are required, okay? Yeah. And DBS, they, they weren't meeting them and they knew they weren't meeting them. They withdrew their application. But then on the other hand, they weren't transparent about communicating that with the students. And you're right. I mean, you live what you see. And if in your college course, you're not seeing transparency and you're not seeing trust and you're not seeing that things are being run well, then how are you going to take that going forward into your career? You know? Yeah, very right. And I, it's all I about think, ethics, I think. But I think a good point, again, of the registration board would be that, like, well, I remember when I was looking to do the degree, which college would I go to? And you had people coming and speaking from Waterford and Athlone and, and which is the best one to do? Which is the best? The best, they all should be the best one to do. They all mm. should have the same standard and whatever of education and outcome at the end. Yes, there will be slight differences and whatever, but they all should be as good as each other. And I think that if Coru push the registration, get it right, then everybody coming out will have a really good balance of education and information on the system that they're going into. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose at the end of the day, Baggy, it's it's not for us. It's not for the students. At the end of the day, it's for the people that we're serving. It's yeah. for the service users, because if you have a social care worker that comes from a college that's registered with Carew and that they're approved um, route into the sector, and then you have another social care worker who hasn't got the same standard of education and training, and those two people working alongside a young person or a person with disabilities or an elderly person or whatever that the service user is, like you're not providing a consistency. You're not providing a no. consistency of care or of standard of of service, essentially. Well, going back to the registration, if you go to a doctor, you want someone who has, has the recognized training, a dentist, a nurse, a lawyer, a therapist. You always check to find that they have the right qualifications and the right background and we should be no different you assume when you're going to a doctor that they are qualified and that they are registered and that they know what they're doing and without even having to check whereas with social care workers it's just not the case at the moment but it will be the case and that's just I, I think that's just right that's only right well many years ago I had a, a conversation about why I get paid what I was getting paid and the hours and holidays and stuff like that by someone who was a care assistant and it was quite simple to put it that I went to college to do the degree and get the education and the information I put the time and effort into doing it and as you say when we're registered and we're allowed as individuals to use the name for what we're doing on a daily basis that's your backup to say I did the work there's somebody then who wants to use that name, then they'll say, well, I'll go and do exactly the same thing. But as you say, you take it for granted that the people who are providing you whatever kind of service or care is qualified and recognised. And I'm more than happy to slip into that as well and have have myself checked. And it increases accountability for people. It increases accountability. So if you say, whatever you're working as, whatever your job title is, if you're working in a social care capacity as a social care worker, no matter what title you're using, you have that accountability. You have your standards of proficiency to live up to, and that will only have a positive impact on the service users. And I think that's the bottom line. 
you know? But I, th I think something that's not generally known about the courier registration is that once you pay your fee and you're acknowledged and whatever, that when you need the support of Kuru, there is the legal avenues that they will help you if you need it. And it comes under the remit, you know, so if something happens, you have backup. Oh, tell me more about that. So there's, I'm not sure of the, the figures of it now offhand. I have the, the paperwork like yourself, but uh, if there's something comes up that I suppose, not like allegations, but if somebody thinks that you're not doing your job right and they make a complaint. Oh, and, is this like a fitness to practice inquiry or something? Yeah, but they will provide uh, legal backup for you if you need it. Um, once they look into the case and stuff, you know, but, but what oh. I'm saying is there is supports there for you should you need it. Oh, I wasn't familiar with that. And where do you get more information about that? Well, we got all that at the information days, which they were running down in the Ashton for a couple of years. But I remember reading something on the website. OK, excellent. Before we go on, I'd like to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast series, Trust Social Care Consultancy. I am owner and consultant of this independent business for the support and development of those working in social care. I help social care workers by providing professional supervision and mentoring. I also provide regular group supervision to teams working in social care. If you want to find out more, you'll find me on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn or visit trustconsultancy.ie. Now back to the podcast. One of the challenges that is coming down the road, even after the register opens, there are a lot of inconsistencies around job titles, roles, duties and pay in the sector. And I think sometimes people think that once the register opens and once we're all, you know, registered with crew and, you know, we're, we're doing everything we're supposed to be mm. doing under that, that these things will be resolved. And I think that it's probably going to take a lot longer for those things to kind of be unraveled and picked apart. So, for example, in terms of roles, OK, so you could have a social care worker in one organization and they're working alongside a load of other social care workers and they have a team leader and, you know, they, they do the job along with everyone else. And in other organizations, the social care worker has much more responsibility they might be managing a whole team of social care assistants or HCAs, or it's almost like they're already in that supervisory role. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think in those situations that the unions will still have parts to play in that. And in a lot of different organisations, there's ongoing disputes around that, especially about which pay scales are being used. Mm. Uh, like some would be operating on different pay scales than others and again as you say because of the titles that people are using it that the unions and the staff members themselves will have say in that it's up to negotiation and people are on contracts now that they've been on for many years i i am myself i have the my original one you you have to negotiate when things come through you know it's it wouldn't be clear cut yeah not everyone's in a union i suppose as well but yeah at the moment, uh, I think it would be good to watch what happens with DBS yeah. because they may not be the only one. Well, here's the thing. I don't think, I, I think there's 40 uh, social care courses on the island of Ireland. Yeah. And I I read somewhere now, again, rumour and misinformation, that, that nine of them 
are approved as routes to enter the social care workers registration board with crew. So nine out of 40. So the rest maybe are in the process of gaining approval or I'm not actually sure. It will be interesting to find out more about that. But in that case, I mean, DBS might not be the only college and these students might not be the only students who are currently doing courses that aren't going to be approved. Do you know what I mean? Well, they said, uh, again, at the information days that each college that were providing the course would take a good lot of time because there's a lot of paperwork and lecturers' qualifications and course content and whatever to be looked into. And I'd say that's a very arduous task to do in itself. Mm. And then to go and visit the site to make sure that the premises are conducive to providing the course as well. It wouldn't be a job that I'd fancy doing myself now. Yeah, well, there's a lot to it by the sounds of it. And and I know there was a delay due to COVID as well. Sorry yeah. to mention the dreaded sea. <laughs> but there was a massive delay in terms of that because they couldn't do site visits and stuff like that. So, yeah, it will be interesting. So watch this space in, in regards exactly. What happens with DBS and all the other colleges? Now, that's, I don't want to put the fear of God into people now or anything, but I suppose there's still a lot to be done. And because this is the first time social care has been registered at all as a profession, there's been a lot of work needed. And the Social Care Workers Registration Board have, have had a huge amount of work to do. Like they had to put the ethical codes of conduct in place. The standards of practice had to be done approving all of the routes into social care so it's a huge amount of work like for example I know that when the social workers registration board opened they were very quick they announced it within a year or two and then it was open whereas social care workers which now in fairness is the largest group has taken a lot longer but then social workers had a registration board beforehand whereas we didn't see this but it just shows we have to pay attention to what's going on in their work areas it also shows that in a lot of instances the qqi is seen as the standard it just shows it doesn't match with everything it has a standard and somebody else's standard is different and i think hopefully they'll they'll be able to blend the two so different priorities i guess yeah but I'm okay. sure we'll we'll end up discussing this much more now in the coming year as things happen and as things become evident. I think one of the things that again that was mentioned at the information day was is the onus on the individual social care worker to find out the information and act on it, or should it be the organisations or managers, team leaders, department heads providing all the information? What do you think on that? Good question. I think that, yes, it is on the social care workers to find out and keep themselves abreast of what's happening. I mean, information is freely available on Carew, under Social Care Ireland. But at the same time, I think it's also important for supervisors and managers and I suppose HR and organisations to be aware of what's happening as well, because there will come a time when they can't employ somebody as a social care worker unless they have the proper qualifications and are registered but in terms of giving information it's probably not the job of managers and organizations to give information to social care workers then again when you think about it all other information that they get I mean it usually comes from the organization and social care workers work in such isolated spaces sometimes sometimes you might be working and you might not see any other staff in a whole week 
or you might not see your manager for two weeks or more. I think it would be a good idea every so often to put it on the agenda for a team meeting and just to check that everybody is okay or on track or if anyone has anything to share. I don't mean as, as a constant. Something means one thing to you doesn't mean the same to everybody else and they all get the same information and feedback from what they're researching. That's a really good idea. Or there's new information. Or if something has changed, for that maybe to be on a team agenda. Well, that's my plan for the coming year now, is that for the year or so running up to registration, that we discuss what it's going to mean and make sure that everybody is online, not to do the work for them. Because at the end of the day, you have to submit your own documentation and your own yeah. forms and whatever. And like even the thing of understanding that you don't submit originals, that you mm. submit certified copies. So you get a copy and you still have, you have to go to a solicitor, commissioner for oath, get them authorized and submit them and that they won't be returned to you so is that when you're applying for registration yeah okay but what i'm saying is it's just that be clear because someone sends in an original and you're not going not to get it back you won't know they say you won't get it back nothing will be returned okay. so like it's very clear thing that you send in certified copies and um he always kept it in the discussion for the last couple of years so we were lucky enough on that front. Oh, that's good and I think um, one of the things I found when I was doing my research as well was that people, childcare or homeless services or addiction services, say refuges, they seem to be quite well aware of stuff. But when you talk to somebody in a disability organization, it's like a different story altogether and they're not really aware of it. And it's just, I don't know, I, I don't know why that's the case but it just seems to be in disability organizations that they're not really aware of it maybe they'll become aware of it over time but yeah go ahead sorry but an angle on what you just said there is you're having discussions with people and they go oh are you section 38 or 39 it's like there's huge differences between it but the actual the work the day-to-day stuff that you do we're all doing the same thing but there's there's still people who work within social care make that distinction which there is a distinction, but it, as it goes from the work and the day-to-day and the information you need, you still all need the same information. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think one of the problems there might be that when you work in disability organisation, quite often it's coming from the medical model as opposed to the social model. And the higher ups in the organisations, such as, you know, directors and programme managers and that sort of thing can sometimes be from a nursing background so you're not getting that information trickling down from the social care stuff whereas if you work in an organization where management is social care as well then it's easier for them to be aware of things to share that information as they become aware of it does that make sense yeah well i'm in the latter we are a disability sector but most of our upper management are from this uh, social care background so as I say again we're fortunate enough in that that we get a lot of information on that but again this, That's good, yeah. the, the social care is only one part of the organization of course I'm generalizing you know no, I, I, I'm just <laughs> saying for me it's it's not all like we have therapists who are registered with Corey we have nurses who are registered we have lots of different departments but even though the, the management of the organisation is mostly from social care background, they, they look after everybody. Yeah, that can make a difference. They can. I think we've covered a fair bit. Um, it's, it's interesting that we started off with something that is probably perceived as negative in the press. And I think we got a few 
positive input in the middle of it, which was not where really I was expecting everything to go. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, for these unfortunate students in DBS, there is hope and they will be helped. They won't be left out in the cold. The degree or the two years or one year of the degree that they've done already is not a waste. They will be able to use that. And hopefully they will get good jobs at the end of it. I suppose the one thing I would have noticed and the one piece of advice I would give to them is get on a relief panel, start getting, even if it's part time or weekend work, you know, start getting that experience so that you have experience in the social care sector. It doesn't have to be as a social care worker. It could be as a social care assistant or as a health care assistant of experience. It will stand to you when you do go to register, regardless of what happens around DBS. I was going to offer something similar, except I was going down the vein that the students who have done work placements should go back and lean on the organisations that they made the links with if they were positive. Because I'm sure there'll be somebody there who'd be happy to give them some kind of support, understanding that the situation that they're in is through no fault of their own. Yeah. Because I say it's a, it, we're a very interactive uh, workspace generally in social care. And I, I've always found people very supportive of each other. And I think people who are social carers now would like to see the future social care workers looked after. Absolutely. And, and the other side of that is as well, there's a huge shortage of social care workers in every organisation around the country at the moment. And these organisations would only be too happy to take students in and give them a chance and give them some experience. There is. There's there's a lot of gaps in the workspace. And as you say, they'd be more than welcome, I think, in many areas. Yeah, exactly. Okay, thanks very much, Baggy, for your time today. It was lovely talking to you again and we'll catch up soon. Absolutely. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. The opinions expressed here are the host's own and not representative of any organisation. Since recording this podcast, we understand that DBS has agreed to meet each student affected by the withdrawal of their career application individually to discuss their options. Join us next week as we talk with Audrey Darby, occupational therapist, about the benefits of using equine therapy in social care services.